hello again and thank you uh, for tuning in for the third edition of this uh, podcast uh, called The Compass. Uh, this is Judith, Judith Ngako, as you've, you've probably kind of assumed from the first two editions. And I'm a graduate from, the, from Gloucestershire University and I'm currently a postgrad student at the University of Bristol. And just so you know, yes, so this is lockdown two uh, in the UK and we're trying to do a social experiment. Uh, um, yeah under the current situation. Uh, so, uh, for those who have not uh, yet listened to any of my podcasts, uh, this is, The Compass is basically um, a series of uh, narrated, short narrated um, talk. And uh, and on each episode, episode, I do try to bring someone in to, to give us their opinion and what they think about um, what has been narrated. I, I know my previous two epi- uh, edition or episode were literally, so I had, I had teenagers as guests. So I suppose that's something. <laughs> yeah, but today I promise you it's going to be some someone, it's going to be an adult. So Finger crossed is gonna be good. Okay, so let's get started with the narrative. Okay. No one can give you what you need. Only you can do that. Give yourself what you need. We go through shakeups throughout our lives to force us back into our path. We can choose to ignore these shakeups or follow it through. Imagine you are about to graduate and in desperate need for a first class degree to secure your dream job for self-approval or whatever reason it may be. You may feel frustrated or get mad at yourself whenever you receive a 2-1 in a unit or even lower. If you continue like this, yes, you are deranged. I apologize for that. Maybe I should have changed that vocabulary. Yeah, but if you continue like this, yes, you're deranged. Uh, This is a good time to pause and reflect on how you are waiting on someone else to give you what you need. Having a first-class degree only shows how well adjusted, adjusted to the system you are a system you might be seeking to bring change into. You will not be in any capacity to change anything within this society if you are well aligned to it, as self-interest behavior might come into play at some stage. You will experience an earthquake within each time that you deviate from your life purpose. Uh, Do not ignore it. Uh, There is a logic in disaster. Uh, There is an order in disorder. Yes, so that is the end of uh, today's narrative. Um, yes, it's, it is It is meant to be controversial. It is meant to be provocative uh, because in this manner, uh, that will make everybody think and that will make uh, you have a debate whether within with your own self or with people around you. And uh, talking about self-approval in this narrative and um, being well-adjusted to 
the system. I would like to briefly bring in uh, Boudou. I mean, briefly bring in Boudou, Pierre Boudou, not, not literally, obviously. And uh, so Pierre Boudou talks about how we have uh, different capital, how wealth or capital does not limit itself these days in economic uh, wealth. So it includes, so he talks about uh, cultural capital being very essential to everybody's life, uh, really. And the way he described cultural capital is um, uh, embedded uh, in talents, resources, aptitudes, uh, networking, and, and also uh, credentials uh, deriving from qualifications, even your parents' qualifications uh, or, your, or your relatives' networks. And he also talks about symbolic uh, capital in, in the form of a, sim, of a symbol. So, for example, if you, if you served in the, in the army, you, even, if, even after coming out of the army, you will have that symbolic uh, capital that might open doors to you, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. So by talking about uh, cultural capital and how we, we sometimes see to get approval from uh, from let, let's say a lecturer uh, f uh, at a university so to to sometimes to get that first you will need to be able to think like that lecturer to a certain degree you will need to to to, to be able to have um, to have uh, acquired some of the cultural capital or some of the characteristic and uh, characters that uh, that lecturer have or or been aware of the surroundings he has developed into so it's a it's a whole process of uh, and multi layers of understanding that sometimes that we sometimes ignore and we get frustrated at uh, at us sometimes when we can't get where we want to go as fast as we want to to be able to uh, but but of course this can be extrapolated and used uh, in various uh, sections or various various aspect of our life uh, surely and uh, yes so I hope that will, uh, that will make you guys think about this and see how in your life where are you seeking approval whether it is consciously like I said or consciously uh, so are you seeking approval with your partner <laughs> your girlfriend boyfriend uh, your peers your friends colleague do you do you feel like you have to dress in a certain way to fit in when you go somewhere yes so let me hear it uh, yes, so for our guest today, I brought, like I promised you, I brought someone, uh, <laughs> yeah, not a child, definitely an adult, and she's joining us from, uh, you know, from the comfort of her house, obviously, so we're still uh, maintaining social distancing and following the lockdown rules, yes, uh, just so you know. <laughs> uh, hello, Jane, welcome, Jane, okay, would you like to introduce yourself, please, Jane? Yeah, hi Judith. Uh, hi. I'm Jane Sanger. Um, I'm a town planner. I have uh, a Bachelor of Science Honours in uh, Planning and Development uh, and a Master's in Town and Country Planning. Uh, so I've, I've listened to uh, what you've uh, said today um, and I think the sort of first uh, statement that you made about nobody else is going to give you what you need. 
Uh, I think that's very true because, you know, if you want to change your life, you know, for example, if you come from um, quite a working class background, should we say, yeah. uh, whereby perhaps your parents uh, didn't go through the education system, they left school very early, uh, they went on to get a job perhaps at 16 and, you know, they didn't earn a huge amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps, you know, to some extent that frames what their children, what you're going to turn out like. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, if you just rely on your parents who don't have the resources or perhaps the money or the time to invest in you yeah. your education to be able to um, you know, perhaps get to university or get on a good uh, apprenticeship course, be able to get a good job yeah. then you're never going to make it if you want to get to that uh, particular point in life you're going to have to have that perception of what that is and do some research into being able to get there what do I need to be able to get to that point in my life, I need to work hard at school, yeah. I need to look at what A-levels I need, because actually it might be a particular subject that you're interested in, and actually whilst you could do your A-levels and then go and get a job, yeah. actually that might give, not give you the earnings that perhaps you want to buy the house you want, no. or to be able to have the lifestyle that you want. Exactly. Um, so I think that you need to um, not be relying on other people, um, and you need to be secure enough in yourself that you can uh, make decisions and be confident enough to step away from your your family and what, what they've done in life, their life and say actually I want to go to university I want to have these opportunities and I'm going to make them available to myself that's really um, that, that's really good Jane uh, just just before you continue I would like you to elaborate you, you see because a lot of I mean some of our audiences they, they will be like yes Jane is actually right when she says we have to you have to be able to say that you can do this but how how easy it is, Jane, for for many many people who will be in this situation, and it will be like, yes, I want to do this, but where am I going to get the motivation from? Is it just is it just that easy to just switch on? So what would you say? Well, how would I, you? Yeah. yeah. Can I just interject there, Judith? Yeah. I think uh, I'll just give an example there, a very sort of down-to-earth example. Mm. Um, you know, when, when I was uh, in secondary school, there was um, a lad in my um, uh, GCSE English group yeah. who did come from quite a working-class background and his parents didn't have a degree in things. Mm. Um, and he joined my social circle. Yeah. Um, and as a result, changing that social circle and changing his peers, yeah. then, uh, then he was obviously seeking the approval of the people within that social circle. Mm. So he went from somebody who wasn't that interested in being at school, yeah. didn't try very hard, but he was actually quite a clever person. Mm. Uh, and as he moved into that social circle, he moved from seeking the approval of uh, friends who perhaps took time off school when they shouldn't have been doing, mm. and, they moved, and he moved into my circle of friends, yeah. uh, whereby um, the motivation and the, uh, you know, if you like, he gained the drive and the motivation to make himself better um, and I just wanted to uh, refer back to uh, you know sort of moving on from that you know what, what actually gives you the ability uh, to, to get to university or you know get, get to do the good A levels or, or the job that you want to do just moving on from that yeah um, you talked about um, a theorist called Pierre Bourdieu yeah Pierre Bourdieu um, yeah and obviously 
obviously, um, I gather that you know he's quite closely related to developing the concept of uh, capital, yeah. uh, sorry, cultural capital. Yeah. Um, and you know he talks about that in the sort of context of education, mm. and he, I think he points out some really good points. Is that, um, you know, he talks about uh, that each uh, uh, class, although he doesn't focus it, focus uh, significantly on class, but he talks about having. Um, um, a cultural framework. Yeah. Or, yeah. For each so class. like, and like having a high the, culture. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. And he calls it the habitus. Yeah. And he, he talks about, um, for example, the the middle class, uh, and he talks about the sort of uh, social or, or leisure activities that those families that fit into that particular class bracket give their children. So, for example, these children who are you know very middle class might be having piano lessons, canoeing yeah. lessons. Yeah. And all of these things, um, these additional extracurricular activities, mm. um, are, are, are what sort of set you apart from the rest of the students who are applying to uh, to get into universities. Uh, and the bottom line there, if you're trying to get into the top universities across the country, being clever is not enough. And you do need, um, you know, to, to be able to say... Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. That, that is the... That, that is the 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 issue and that is the the point that this podcast is trying to raise is that intelligence enough is not going to get you into the top university because yes exactly because there there was some research uh you know on the on the level of on on the achievement of state school at a level compared to uh, achievement of a level at uh, at private school and each time that the study has been conducted you know a level in a state, a state school actually perform better than those uh, people at A level at private schools. So, and and the problem is with big university, they tend to, so they do want to, uh, so they, they focus on academic uh, achievement, but they have this very vague area that uh, Pierre Boudou is very concerned about, which is the character. So, like you, like you've explained, of like you take example of piano lessons and. Uh, and uh, canoe lesson, those extracurricular activities. So they 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 they've broadened the criteria of recruiting uh, students by tapping into that. Yeah, so in, into that side of the uh, of activities and, um, and and qualification that are not actually taught in school. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so totally I agree. I see where you're going, uh, Jane, which is very yeah. insightful. Very insightful. Uh, the other yes. thing, just to uh, interject there about yeah. you know state and private schools, you know uh, there's very much a, a false myth that you've got to go to a private school to get the best education and get the best qualifications, and that's actually not true. Uh, of I mean, course, my, it's not. Uh, it's not true. Is a head yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Go on. So uh, my father is a head teacher, a former head teacher, retired now, um, and in his uh, predominant career, he's all, always been head of state schools, albeit very good state schools, but he's very pro uh, education and education being available for all. 
So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, so it doesn't really, uh, a bit like cultural capitalism and its actual definition, it doesn't actually focus on class or cultural deprivation, you know, working class against uh, middle class. It doesn't say because you're you're more inferior because you're working class. It's, uh, it focuses um, on the middle class and, you know, and being able to get those, uh, those skills to be able to help you. To, yeah, to yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it does that, but it also focuses on... He slightly focuses on working class because with Bourdieu, when he talks about uh, his habitus and field and yeah. the cultural capital, so he does say that, you know, the working class uh, kind of feel like fish out of the water when they, comes, when they come into the environment that is predominantly, uh, you know, upper class or middle class. So he, he said that, you know, within that environment, the working class uh, people will struggle slightly but there are some who do not. So there, there are some research that, you know, that uh, uh, not, when I say they will struggle, not academically, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like we were talking about, you know, trying to fit in and all that. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. just, just uh, quickly to interject that, I yeah. think in short, what we're saying is, is that middle class children are more likely to succeed because the education system is run by middle classes and works in the interests of those middle class families. Yes, and um, we're... And we will also, yes, and we will hope, we would like to see, you know, some change in that department since, yeah, since they are not only middle class or upper class, you know, uh, people or students out, you know, out in, in society, isn't it? Yes, so totally, yeah, totally agree. Okay. Yes. Yeah, um, just, just really quickly, I think the key, the key thing about uh, working class families um, uh, is that most of those families, the parents might work in a factory um, and uh, might be working shifts, and you know, as a, a, a direct knock-on effect of that, they haven't got the time to invest in their children. Perhaps they're they're working uh, during the school day and the evening when their children are at home. So they haven't got the time to necessarily. Um, you know, invest in helping them uh, improve their education, helping them with their homework at a very basic level because they're actually at work during that time. And obviously, when they have finished work, uh, you know, they're tired and they, you know, that doesn't give them the drive and the motivation. Whereas middle class white collar families tend to have a nine to five job Monday to Friday. It doesn't operate in antisocial hours, therefore they're at home when their children get home from school. They can spend time helping them improve their, yeah, um, their oh. work, their grades, and all of those things. And and to some extent, you know, that's a failure of the system. You know, the education system full stop. Yeah, um, but that's why it is middle class families and higher that tend to get into university uh, and also just just quickly then to add in um, you've got something called uh, social capital haven't you which is about the possession of social uh, contacts i.e yeah like uh, social networking doors yeah. for you yeah so you know networking. if you for example got a member uh, a family member you know relative or friend who's high up in industry and that particular uh, company supports um, uh, professional placements with university universities perhaps a third year out uh, working for a company and obviously you know them they can help you get a, 
a job with that company um, during your year out. And perhaps when you've got your degree, you then go on to work for this company. Um, okay. And, you know, open the door for you. So, you know, yeah. those sort of social contacts can work alongside your ability to step out of that, you know, working class environment and say, actually, I'm going to do well, I'm going to do better, and I'm going to get to university, I'm going to get that job I really want. Okay. And yeah, yeah. it helps you get there. Yeah, Jane, thank you very much for your participation on my podcast. That was brilliant. You kind of gave me some very good insight. And, uh, yes, yeah, so you, you mentioned how uh, some of the uh, middle class or upper class students, uh, will, uh, parents, will be, will be home in time for their children whereas the working class wouldn't uh, but sometimes even if they aren't at home they will be able to hire nannies and uh, hire private tutors and there's not something that uh, the middle class uh, sorry the working class will necessarily be getting and sometimes you know some of the working class aren't educated themselves uh, like we've mentioned in the beginning of the podcast and uh, like we said so you need to give yourself what you need and uh, so do not just wait uh, around for other people and also uh, Jane's example of uh, one of her uh, an acquaintance or a friend in school and how by changing your social your social circle uh, you can actually give yourself a better platform to work from and so more like uh, more like a traveling or being around those in the same wavelength uh, as your as yourself so thank you very much jane and i hope you guys enjoy listening listening to today's podcast and uh, yes so please do disagree with me disagree with jane and uh, yes and let's have a healthy debate so what do you think do you think the system or society should pay more attention to to many of the working class people because talent is everywhere talent is not just to the middle class or upper class because they can afford it so talent is everywhere so thank you very much and see you next time bye